Hey friend, I have some exciting news. In two weeks, I'm going to be teaching a brand new live masterclass for entrepreneurs or anyone who's even considering starting a business or a side gig. If you feel overwhelmed or exhausted by the work and weight of everything you want to do in your life, if it feels hard and heavy, or you're afraid that it's going to, which is why you're not even starting or scaling, exploring it, taking it to the next level, I want to share how I have honestly made it easier for myself, and I have now taught a ton of entrepreneurs these same methods, and they have reported back in the last year that it was really life-changing. So swipe up for how to stop overthinking it, how to launch your new or next business or product in 30 days or less, or my personal subtitle, Stop Overthinking It and Just Launch the Darn Thing. (laughs) So I want to give you early access to sign up in advance. Mark your calendar. Uh, It is not for another couple of weeks, but I wanted to make sure that it didn't fill up for you guys. I will also stick around afterwards for my legendary and favorite part of it all, which is always Q&A to really help you personally. I'm going to be live both days, whichever one works for you. So swipe up into the description and I will see you there. You, my dear, are meant for tuning in. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Y'all, I want to kick this off with a shout out to a listener named Sophie. We have not had a new review in two months. You may have gone in and typed in how many stars, but in terms of actually writing and typing out something about the podcast, it had been two months. And I check always right before I go to record to see if anyone has left a new review. And it means so much to me when you do. And Sophie was saying that she had to get a shot and she is not great at that. And the last time she had gotten one, it was a pretty anxiety-riddled experience. And I just have so much empathy for that, Sophie, because shots for years were my thing. I went through some medical stuff where I had to get them a lot, and it honestly made it better. But oh my gosh, my stomach would just be a knot. So I just had so much empathy. And she said, I put in your Welcome Podcast, and it just calmed me down, and it was so much better than my last experience. And honestly, that meant so much, Sophie. I just... It's exactly my heart that your time here, as we're hanging out virtually over coffee, so to speak, would make you feel safe, peaceful, better, whatever the topic. So if this podcast has blessed you, I would be so honored if you would take a minute and write just one sentence about what you appreciate. It really has such an impact on letting other people know that there is value here. And I do not have ads on the podcast at this time. This truly is my gift to you. And you taking a moment to say thank you means so, so much to help me help other people as well. So today, we are kicking off a three-part series on exhaustion, burnout, overwhelm, feeling behind, whether personally or professionally, just feeling like there is so much going on in your life and you want it to be slower and easier, but you aren't sure how. And that is pretty much like the whole cry of my heart. I mean, I wouldn't say the whole, but like it is one of the major things in my life. So I am not saying 
They were going to answer it in the next three weeks, but I do have three specific things that have been on my heart and that I want to share. I've been talking about this more on Instagram stories, and you've been asking so many great questions in response that I wanted to be able to go deeper here than I can over there. So if you check out Instagram, if you're listening to this live, um, you know, soon after it's come out, there is some pinned stories right now on I think it's called Well Over Hard, and you can catch up on some of what I've shared there as well. But you know my concept of the wand. If you don't, I will link that podcast episode below. It is one of our signatures. It is elaborating on the simple reality that our thoughts, which is our words, the words we choose to think, the words we say to ourselves, the words we believe, trigger our feelings, which leads to our actions and our results. So over the years, I have been very intentional at times about certain words in my life that I use. And for me, I often, most often use them about business. It does not matter what it is for you, but the one for me is should. I try to be very intentional, I have for years now, about catching it when I say should. Because should to me has such a sense of shame, guilt, weight, pressure. Like I should get to that and I'm not yet. Or I'm, you know, I'm going to have to get to that. So I replace that with things like I want to, I'd like to, I'd feel good if. I want to send that email by the end of the day. I would like to finish that page this week. I would feel good if I got that thing done. So it's just finding a simple swap. Another one is uh, need to or have to. For me, that creates a sense of victimhood, like someone is cracking the whip. And I get resentful when then someone, I have like big air quotes around this because specifically as an entrepreneur, I'm the one who comes up with these things. (laughs) Now, granted, it's because if I don't do them, my business will break down and then I can't help people and then I can't pay my team and all of that. But I'm the one who came up with this. But even if you're a parent, there still is a sense that you come up with the the fact that you want to cook your kids dinner instead of ordering pizza, you know? And yes, you might say, well, over time, though, pizza gets expensive or pizza isn't that healthy. We're doing it for a reason, but still so often we are coming up with those things. And if you have a traditional job, someone else is giving you those things, but still you could like give them the middle finger and peace out, right? There's a reason why you stay. You want that income so that you can pay for your house, et cetera. So it can create this sense of of victimhood for me. I am not in control. Someone else is doing this to me forcing this upon me when I say I need to or I have to. So I swap that with I want to, I'd like to, I'd feel good if, those same kinds of phrases as should. So I've shared before that I don't love the phrase we can do hard things. The word hard has that weightness for me, weightiness for me that should, need, have to, hard. All of those are kind of in that like Ugh category. And if the if any of these work for you, that's great. You know, if if uh, for a lot of people we can do hard things is isn't that like you know, one of Glennon Doyle's catchphrases? Like there's certain people where that to them is just like this rallying cry. That is amazing. I am not arguing with like you shouldn't love that phrase. I'm just saying if you don't, 
I don't either. And maybe there is something else for you. Maybe my word is different than yours, but there's some phrase that you're like, oh, every time somebody says this, it prickles me. And you can listen today for what could I switch it to and what would the real power of that be? That it isn't just a word. It's a thought. It's a belief that triggers a feeling that leads to an action that gives you a result. It really, for certain words, can have a major impact. So for me, I don't want to do hard things. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think I would feel sheepish about saying that if I didn't run a successful business, hadn't been in the very competitive world of musical theater before this, didn't live in expensive New York City. I mean, obviously there's plenty of things in my life I've done that are hard that I could have elected not to do if I truly meant I just want to lie on the couch and eat bonbons. So I think sometimes we're afraid to say something like, I don't want to do hard things because it makes it sound like we're, we're, we're lazy. There's such a culture of being a hard worker. You know, work hard, play hard. You've got to work hard to get what you want. And therefore, if you raise your hand and say like, I don't really want to do hard, then people are like, oh, well, then you, then you have no one to blame but yourself, Sarah, when you cannot pay the bills and when you are not a New York Times bestselling author and when your children end up in therapy, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. You wouldn't work hard like the rest of us. For me, I think we are all already prone to constant hustling, overcommitting, overwhelm, burnout, productivity guilt, you know, feeling guilty that we didn't produce more, that we're not always being productive. We're so hard on ourselves. So the phrase, we can do hard things, to me just says that it should be hard. Like there's no option but for it to be hard. And why would you believe that anything could be more life-giving? Maybe it doesn't have to be so hard. Maybe it could be easier. How can you discern the times when you're making it harder than it needs to be? Because you've gone in with this mindset of, well, if it's miserable, I'm doing it right. And I'm like, I just don't want to live a life that is miserable. That was part of my question when I created my uh, Creative Business Accelerator course, which is my most recent uh, course. My question was, what if creating and launching a product didn't have to be so hard. Because for me, it really had been. It took months and months and months, full time, only thing I'm focused on, you know, over a five-figure budget to create these complex courses and do this whole shoot to film them and make these epic sales pages and just like the whole thing. And this was 18 months ago. This was back during the first wave of COVID when I was so mentally distracted every day with the news. I was emotionally exhausted. So a, a big sprint just did not feel possible. And yet, uh, core values-wise, sorry, I feel like there's a word that I'm, I'm missing here, but like I genuinely felt compelled that people were struggling in their businesses and they too needed the help. So I think there was a sense of like, there's something outside of myself. I can be of help in this time when we feel so helpless. If I can find an easier way to do it for myself and record exactly what I do, then I can help all these other people who are losing their jobs, they're they're struggling financially, they too are their kids are distance learning. Like there was such a collective sense that we all need it to be easier that I was like, what if 
I did it on my limited capacity and then I recorded it so that other people could do it, whether you have a limited capacity or whether you just don't want to spend months and months and months if you could do it in a week, you know? So almost, so that's just to say that like this is such a core of mine. It shows up in so many of my products because it is the my great question. You know, I think that those of us that are, are teachers, you are your, you are a greatest teacher of something you have taught yourself and you've worked through yourself. So almost two years ago, I felt like God gave me this phrase, I can do hard things easily, which is actually really interesting because I didn't think about it until just now that that I got that phrase like six months before I had the idea to create Creative Business Accelerator. And I've never until this moment thought about that's actually what I was doing in creating that. I was subconsciously saying to myself, can I do this hard thing more easily? And then I proved to myself that I could. But anyways, when that first came to me about two years ago, it's a longer story that I've shared on other episodes, but that phrase for me, I can do hard things easily, for me had to do with my faith and believing that God or for you, the universe, will provide what I need, will guide me when I need it. Yes, this thing may be hard, but I will be given the resources, the wisdom, the support to not make it feel as hard as it seems like if I think about having to do it, you know, entirely myself. And I love that phrase because it doesn't downplay the challenges. It it just doesn't make them heavier. Yes, this thing is hard, but I will find, in essence, an elegant and excellent way to do these exceptional things with more grace and peace and joy as opposed to burnout and misery. Like, yes, the things are hard, big, important, but no, the whole experience doesn't have to be hard, heavy, miserable. So now as of two and a half, three months ago, I'm doing a new hard thing, writing a book and doing so while running my business. And my book is a 24-month process, friends, from the month when I sold my book until when it will be available in stores is going to be about 24 months. 18 months is the normal turnaround time. Mine is taking longer because it is a a four-color book. It is like a beautifully designed book. So there's more elements than if it was just a black and white typed book and that it takes it takes longer to create, it takes longer to uh, print, and it takes longer to ship and deliver. So in the meantime, I'm writing, th- right now, I'm writing three days a week, which means that I only have 40% of my time, energy, and focus to run my business, which until like five seconds ago, (laughs) has taken me 100% of my time, attention, energy for the last decade. So that was a major downshift to be like, instead of five days a week, you have two. How are you going to pull this off when your other three are really big and focused? And so for you, that might be you are, are working and you became a mom, you have children, and now you also are a caretaker for someone, you've picked up a second job. I think a lot of us can be in those seasons where we're like, I've added this other huge thing to my plate but other but some other big core things didn't disappear. So how the heck am I going to make this happen? And this 24-month writing process is with me writing pretty quickly. I'm I'm 
actually writing the book more quickly than most of my author friends are like, oh, that's pretty fast for a book. So, but but I know how long it's going to take because of all these other elements. So I'm really motivated because I want to get it into your hands. So if I get behind, it's going to take even longer. And I say that meaning I'm very motivated to get the, to to complete this project and to do it well and to not get behind. And I think that that clarity is is uh, a big key here. So praise the Lord <laughs> that I have done the work of the Elegant Excellence Journal over the last three years. I will link that waitlist uh, below if you don't have that. But truly creating that journal because I was like, I this isn't sustainable. I've like I'm trying so many different things. I'm I'm learning so much. I'm reading books. I'm gaining the wisdom. Something is still eluding me that this is – I've brought on business partners. I've tried everything under the sun. And truly creating that was huge for me. I had breakthroughs in my scheduling and priorities and productivity as recently as December. You know, like not – like just – six months before I started on the book, that without them would have made the process miserable for myself. I mean, when I say PTL, praise the Lord, I truly mean the number of times that I've been like, dear God, thank you so much for giving me that wisdom in December because without it, I would be so miserable right now. And I am shocked to find that I am actually fine and I'm actually okay doing this insane thing. And oh my gosh, if I had tried to do it the way I was doing it in the past. So I explain a lot of what those breakthroughs are in the workshops of the journal. So many of you will already have watched those. The 2022 journals will go on sale in just a couple of months. So again, I'll put that wait list below. And if you already have the journal and you have access and haven't watched those workshops and this is resonating with you, please do because I share so much specifically about what I did. But because I have this 24-month map, I know that if I get behind, if I get burnt out, there's no off-ramp. You know, and I think that most of us, that may be the reality for our lives, but because we don't sit down and map it out, we aren't we don't allow ourselves to be aware of it. We're like, if I can just get through this, if I can just get through this first phase, then there's going to be a lull and a rest. But oftentimes there isn't. It goes right into the next thing, right into the next thing. And because we haven't been honest about that, we we sprint thinking there's going to be an, an off-ramp. There's going to be a shoulder that we can pull over to and aren't honest with ourselves about the fact that there isn't. So for me, this 24-month map means right now I'm writing the book, then I have to edit it, design it, proof it, all of the things. Then once it goes off to the printer, I need to go create more revenue because in the meantime, I've had to slow my business down while I've been doing everything on the book. So for you, that might be, you know, okay, I'm pulling some time away from this thing right now, but then I feel like I need to pour back into it. This isn't, you know, how it's it's not going to work long term. I'm I'm not spending as much time with my spouse right now because of this other priority, but that's not the way I want my marriage to look in the long run, whatever it is. So I will then create more revenue. Then we'll start into the marketing and the content around the launch while growing my list, which means, you know, 
bringing more people into my world so the book actually makes a difference and gets into people's hands. Then it's planning the book tour so that we can hug and hang out. And then doing that launch and tour while going back to running my business, just 40% or less, which means I should have built up some revenue streams and systems so that the business can keep going even more easily at that point when I have even less focus. So because I've laid all that out, and I say I use those examples to kind of show you, I don't mean every week for the next 24 months I've got scheduled and slated. That would have been a waste of my time because, of course, it's going to change. But I have realistically sketched out every month to acknowledge what has to be done. And a few years ago, if I'd looked at that map, I would have felt trapped and suffocated and so angry and resentful at I don't know whom, I don't know who I would have blamed, which would have made me feel even more crazy, but I would have felt like I'm going to drown. I just cannot, it's not possible. And I imagine you've had those seasons yourself where it's a busy season and you're saying, I've just got to get through this and then I can rest. I mean, I hear my friends say that all the time. Oh, it's just a really busy season. Most of my friends who have a really busy season, it's followed by another really busy season. It never changes. I watch them having lived like this for years. I've watched myself having lived like this for years. What if it is a busy lifestyle? What if there is no finish line or taking a long weekend you know, isn't going to cut it? You're not going to feel healed because you took two days off. Or you've got this vacation coming up, but you're going to be so exhausted on the vacation, you're just going to like splay and sleep through the whole thing. And then you're going to be like, well, now that I'm rested, I'd like to go back and have a fun vacation <laughs> with my family or with my significant other because I was so exhausted. I didn't even enjoy the first one. It truly was just, you know, a time for me to sleep. Whether again, because you're an entrepreneur or a working mom, you're a mom and a caretaker, you're working two jobs. There's so many reasons why we can relate to this. So this time, I know two things that it has taken me 10 years to both know and do. Thing number one is way, 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 way less priorities. That to me really is the work of the Elegant Excellence Journal. That process is what has gotten me to really, truly understanding. We talked about this on Instagram stories that, and this is just as a hypothetical. I'm not saying these are exact numbers to follow. But as a metaphor, you've got 10 units of things you're doing, you want to do, and you've got four units of time. And you're telling yourself, if I can just do everything just a little bit better, if I can just wake up one hour earlier tomorrow, if I can just, like if I can just work Saturday, and it's insane. There is no way 10 things are going to fit into four units of things. Like we are just way off. And we think if I can just get it to like this one to like 9.8 and then I can get it to 9.7 and then 9.6 and you're like still miles away from what is sustainable. So I know my I have three priorities. Number one, my book. That is the first priority whenever I'm thinking about pulling time away from it. I know because I have this book map, because I have these deadlines, because I'm so clear as to my why and why I am so passionate about you having this book and you doing book clubs with this book and you reading this book with your family members and you passing this book on to friends, I'm so clear that I'm not letting other shiny pennies compete with the book. Second is my business afloat. 
not growing my business, not scaling my business, maintaining my business. So a couple examples of what that means. Mostly I'm doing petite pods. I am pausing to do this. I I spoke last week on singleness because that was just such a dear, dear topic to my heart and y'all had requested it. And now I'm taking a little bit more time to do this series because again, I just am, I'm sensing such like a yearning in your replies on Instagram. But most of the time I'm doing shorter, sweeter episodes so that they don't take as much time away from writing. I am being okay with being inconsistent on Instagram. I mean, go check out my feed. There has not been a lot of posting. There's, I think it was like a whole week that I wasn't even on stories. Like, And I'm just being like, you know what? Book and the business afloat. Those are the two things. If I've got extra time, cool. But you know what? It's proving that I haven't had extra time. And I'm having to just be like, is it a, a bigger priority than what else you worked on today? No. And then also, is it a bigger priority than my third thing, which is no burnout? And that is really my second thing. My first thing is way, way, way less priorities. And my second thing is no burnout days. The days is a powerful shift for me here. I was already doing this, but when I read, uh, I'm about halfway through Greg McCowan's Effortless, his follow-up to Essentialism, which you know is one of my Bibles. And he said the phrase, only do the work you can recover from by the next day. And I thought that was such a good way to put it that we, I mean, how often have you gotten to a Saturday and you're just like, oh, thank goodness, like this week, this week, I was just exhausted. Well, that means you didn't recover. Like if you're exhausted come Saturday, you did too much on Friday and probably you did too much on Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Monday. So really saying I can wake up the next morning and be like, yeah, I'm good. I, w- I did good work yesterday and then I rested a little bit and I'm good. That there isn't this exhaustion that carries over from day to day. There, Because otherwise there's this mentality that I'm just going to sprint and push and then I will collapse and rest. And that just isn't sustainable in the long run. And I can see because I've laid out this work that there is no collapse window. It's just a steady 24-month path. Like even for a marathon, you train well and then you take a break. I mean, unless you're a professional marathon runner, but most of the people I know that have run a marathon, that was a season. And then like they, then they had a break. They didn't immediately go into the next one. I can see for the next two years, there is no break. And I can envision right now that there may be someone listening who is in tears because you're realizing that for the next two years, there is no break and that... Having having these infant babies, working these two jobs to pay off your debt, taking care of an elderly parent while you have a baby, like it's just, this is your lifestyle. This isn't a season. And so, yes, in the meantime, like I'll take off two weeks at Christmas, for example, to be with my family. But I don't want to be exhausted for those. I have done that so many years where I was just, I mean, I was so drained and spent by the time I showed up for Christmas. And then I'm not being present with my family. And, you know, that I'm being more easily irritable, that like the kids are being loud or whatever. So I want to every day not just do the work that I can recover from the next day, which means by the time I show up to my parents for the first day of Christmas holiday, 
It was just what I did the day before. It hasn't been this compounding of an eight-month sprint that I'm now so grateful that I got to this two-week rest for. So I am calling that working well. To me, working well, instead of working hard, working well is saying, am I honoring my three priorities? Am I staying on top of my book map? Am I staying on top of the the bare minimum that I need to do to keep the business afloat? And am I not having burnout days? So what that means to me, part of how I, I support myself in not having burnout days, I have quiet time in the morning where I ease into my day. And a shift for me is even sometimes this is, quote, productive. Like I'm reading a personal development book, I'm journaling, I'm praying. Sometimes it's that. More days, honestly, it's scrolling my phone, it's reading the news, it's looking at Instagram, and I'm just being gentle with myself in that to say, this is your chill free time, Hillary. We're going to work really well later, but if our morning time has to be personally productive, and then our work time has to be productive, and then we have to be socially productive, that that's too much pushing throughout the day. There's got to be like just chill free time that allows for you to not feel burnt out at the end of the day. So I'm realizing that I'm not I'm not shooting myself as much that I should be doing my journal or whatever and I'm just kind of listening to myself to be like, "You know what? If reading the news and all of this is like what you wanted to do, cool. If you really start to miss that you are you know, uh, journaling, then great. Let's like, let's think about like, is it an issue with an addiction to our phone? But is it just having time where you're like, I don't have to produce anything right now. I can just, I can just wake up slowly. And then that gentleness with myself allows me to transition and be like, okay, now we're going to take it a little more seriously. You know, if you follow me on Instagram stories, I've been putting my phone in the other room while I work. Um, I read something that we are more distracted by our phone Literally just knowing it's in the room, just subconsciously your brain seeing it or knowing that it is right under that pile is different than it being in the other room. I self-coach myself in my online journal. I'm like, okay, it's this time. We're sitting down. We're working on this thing. I track my time. I have a book map in the way that inside Creative Business Accelerator, there's a launch map. There's a there's time tracking where I say, which of these three archetypes are you? Here is how in three to 30 days, you can go through all of these steps. This one, give yourself an hour research, just make a decision, move on. I've done the same thing with the book. Here's what we're writing every day. And that allows me, if I started to overthink it and get behind, I'm like, okay, girl, we can see right here on the page. You're going to miss your book deadline by a month if every single chapter you 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 need one more day for it. So, you know, we, it just allows me to be really daily present and aware with myself. And I think that is the same thing with that no burnout days. I'm I'm very clear as to what I'm working on. I'm tracking it. So at the end of the day, I'm never like, what did I even do today? Or I don't focus on, here's all the things I didn't get to. I really can clearly see in front of me, here's everything I did today. Gosh, I worked well. Yeah, I really I really did that well. I also teach that in those Elegant Excellence Journal workshops, how to do this like project mapping, time tracking. If I feel resistant or distracted in the first four hours of working, I push myself. 
I'm like, okay, let's focus. You can do this. Like, I don't give in. I'm not a whiny toddler that's like, but I don't want to. Like, but I just want to play on Instagram. But I just rather watch YouTube. Like, ugh, I don't want to write today. And I think it's because I say that. That might sound ridiculous. But we all do that, right? There are totally things in my life I do that about. I'm like, I don't want to run errands. I don't want to have to make doctor's appointments. I really care about these goals. I really care about the goal of the book. I know my why. So I am self-motivated to self-coach myself and be like, let's focus, girl, and not give in to, well, you have worked really hard, blah, 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 you know, and not like argue with myself if it's in those first four hours. After four hours, sometimes I'm in the flow. There's days when I just jam it for like six hours, seven hours, I'm getting so much done. But if after about four hours, I'm feeling resistant and I'm like just staring to the screen or I really don't want to move on to the next thing or whatever, I take a break, which I never used to do. I never used to allow myself to take breaks in my day. I don't mean like grabbing water and going to the bathroom. I mean like I'm tired. I'm just going to lay down on my bed and take a 20-minute nap. I'm just going to watch this TV show. I'm just going to chill, you know? And because I'm self-motivated, I'm clear on my why, I'm, I've am i proven to myself, I'll often come back. I don't just sit there and binge TV for four hours. I take a little break and then I'm like, okay, I think I'd like to go do some research things. It's like, I, I, I do naturally want to get back to it. Or I do, I end up wanting to do something else productive. I clean up the house. I talk to my parents for an hour, you know, but to me, I, I'm realizing that when you keep pushing and you're like, no, society says I need to sit here for eight hours a day or I should be ashamed that I didn't work hard enough. It builds up the muscle memory that this is hard. This is unpleasant. And then we get into, I don't want to have to go to work today because it was so hard yesterday. I was so tired and my boss, aka me, because for, now this depends on your job, but for some of you, your boss actually is not seeing what you're doing every minute. Your boss is not actually the one cracking the whip that you can't take a break or that you need to do that thing more perfectly. That is a lot of times coming from within you. Now, that's different if you were working at Starbucks and you were, you know, in a set schedule where you were there for those hours and you get a break. But for anyone who is more, you know, working on a computer etc. A lot of times that is in your mind that you are pushing through. Or again, in parenting or something like that, you're telling yourself, this is the way that it has to be. I will not allow myself to put the kids down in front of the television or, you know, tell them they need to play on their own or whatever. Um, I then will celebrate in writing or verbally what I did. I will like type to myself before I walk away from my desk in my online journal or my book map, like really proud of myself today, worked really well. I feel really good about the fact that I got through this and this. I did good work today. I'll go out and say it to Jeremy. I'll be like, I had a really great day. I did this and this and this. And I don't say I worked so hard. And I won't say this week has been so hard. I am really working to not say hard. And I'm just like, I worked well and I am proud of myself. And then I rest. I take the ferry and go to dinner with Jeremy. We go take a walk a lot of times around happy hour. We pour ourselves a cocktail. We go for a walk on the river. We'll have dinner with friends. We'll go to the beach. We'll get tickets to shows. Like I know that I need that rest time, that play and leisure time, because again, this is my life. This isn't a season. This is the next two years of my life. 
And it's already been the last 10 years of my life running a business. And before then, I was in musical theater and I was working a zillion jobs. And before then, I was being an overachiever student and like running the, the dance program and being in the theater program and being in a sorority. And before that, I was in high school and then I was doing the musical and I was doing dance and I was in AP class literally my whole entire life. <laughs> this has been my whole entire life is I'm, an, I'm a naturally hard worker. I naturally have a lot of things that I want to achieve. I have a lot of balls in the air. This isn't a season. This is a lifestyle. So yes, I want to get good sleep, but that is not enough. Yes, I'm getting eight hours of sleep, but there also needs to be a beautiful life around my priorities, around the book and maintaining the business there has to be joy and beauty and leisure and you know in which yes i'm doing hard things that are meaningful to me and the world and that doesn't mean they have to be epic yes i do feel that this book is going to change people's lives and maybe you don't feel that in your work but the fact that you are bringing home that that paycheck that allows you to have health insurance that is meaningful and the goal is hard but the actions within it I'm making as easy as possible because I'm avoiding burnout. So the actual act of writing does not feel hard to me because I'm not burnt out and I'm not forcing myself to sit in a chair for 10 hours and push through. And if I'm really not, well, I should say, I was going to say if I'm really not feeling it, but to be totally honest, I've never had a day in what, 10, 11 weeks of writing now. I've never had a day where I didn't want to write. And I think that that also indicates to you that you feel passionately about the work that you're doing. And when and in seasons when I have absolutely not wanted to do the work that's in front of me for my business, I think it is because I was so burnt out. I was so resentful that this was exhausting and I didn't know how to get another break. And again, that's why I created Creative Business Accelerator. It's why I created the Elegant Excellence Journal because I, I know that that is not a way for us to live. So here's the thing. From our conversations over on Instagram, I think many of you will hear this and say, okay, but how? Like I still, Hillary, I'm kind of missing, how are you able to do less? Because I swear my business wouldn't stay afloat if I was just working on these two projects or my kids wouldn't get fed if I also, you know, added in play and leisure or whatever. So number one, I hear you and it is not easy. If it was easy we would all be doing less and have spacious lives. We are not masochistic. We aren't self-sabotaging, trying to burn ourselves out. This is deeply embedded in our culture, and it is perhaps one of the most pervasive struggles that I hear from us in our conversations. Number two, you do less. And as I said, this is a three-part series. I'm going to talk more in next week's episode about how I'm going to give you my five elements to avoid burnout, and we're going to continue this conversation. And I just encourage you to allow both things to be true, that yes, you hopefully were encouraged, were inspired, had an actionable takeaway from today, have something that's going to help you do this next week better, yes, and there's more layers of the onion to peel. And we're never going to knock it all out in an hour because it is a complex issue. So we stay in dialogue. You, you take advantage of the course. You take advantage of the journal. You 
you know, continue to immerse yourself in this teaching because it took me years to get there. But oh my gosh, it is so much better on the other side. And I am therefore so passionate about helping more people join me here and do so way faster than I was able to because I couldn't find this guide that I was looking for. So I created the path myself and packaged it up so I could share it with you. So I will see you back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. As I said, I'm taking some time away from writing to do this deeper dive series because I'm just so grateful that I figured this out. I can see the difference and I'm just bubbling over to share it with more people. So if you are an entrepreneur at present, you're considering being one in the future, I am teaching live in two weeks my Stop Overthinking It and just launch the darn thing, new brand new masterclass. So swipe up and save your seat. If you're listening to this live, I may also have a link in my bio over on Instagram, or if you are ever really lost about where to find something, there's an email contact button in my bio on Instagram. You can always send us an email and my team will help you out. Join me for Stop Overthinking It. I know it is going to help you so much. I will stick around for Q&A afterwards so I can help you personally. Add it to your calendar and I will see you there. Till next Wednesday.